Hey, welcome to Design Huddle. This is a podcast for anyone that wants to get inspired and learn how to build cool stuff with cooler people. We interview designers, creators, influencers, and sometimes just chat about interesting design topics. We'll hit on things like product design, UX best practices, and how you can up-level your personal brand. This podcast is hosted by myself, your boy, Ryan Warrender, a UX designer and taco enthusiast based in New York City, and Brendan Gross, a digital strategist for Fortune 500 companies. We started this podcast to learn from each other, the community, and most important, you, the listeners. So thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in to today's episode of Design Huddle. Let's go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design Huddle. Today we have another awesome episode for you. We're going to be talking about empathy and UX. What is it and how can it help you become a better designer? So let's start from the top. What is empathy? And I think the other thing to think about is what is the difference between sympathy versus empathy? So let's dive right into it. Thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode. Super excited to have you listening. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure you subscribe. Okay, so starting from the top, sympathy versus empathy. Um, sympathy really is, the definition of sympathy is, it's the acknowledgement of suffering of others. So sympathy is often a reaction. It's like a form of sorrow to the hardship of you know, feeling towards other people. Um, in UX, sympathy is, you know, is limited to acknowledging that users are going through a difficult scenario, task, or journey. So it's basically feeling for them that they're struggling with something. How many times have you been on a banking app that doesn't let you complete a transaction or you're struggling to log in? These, you're having sympathy for your users. Um, if we're sympathetic to our users, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we put ourselves in their shoes and we feel their pain or annoyance. So it's really important that when we're you know, designing, that we're designing an accessible web experience for people that have you know, multitude, uh, like a, a wide variety of uh, disabilities, backgrounds, perspectives, et cetera. So um, some things to think about. Um, it could be hard to consume the content if you can't see the infographics. The font is kind of small and light, so you might not be able to be able to read the context. And it might be hard for someone that's older, you know, to read it. Uh, it also could be difficult from like a navigation perspective. All of this ties into sympathy. So sympathy is the acknowledgement of, you know, the suffering or the pain that others are going through. So in this context of being a designer, it's thinking about how can these pain points and how can you help them overcome these pain points? All right, moving to the main topic of today is empathy 
and UX. So empathy is like a step like a further than sympathy. It's a little bit more elaborate, a little bit more complex, but empathy is the ability to fully understand, mirror, and then share another person's expressions, needs, and motivations. So this is super important. Um, in UX, empathy enables us to understand you know, how not only our users' immediate frustrations, but also you know, their limitations, their goals, their abilities. So we're factoring in a broad range of things, perspective, and we're putting ourselves in our users' shoes. I know you've heard that a million times, but it's super, super important to think about. So instead of just designing an accessible website, practicing empathy is using a, you know, actually putting yourself in those shoes. So, you know, have you ever tried using a screen reader? Have you ever tried using a site blindfolded? Have you ever tried to complete a task on your own website and gone through the most common steps from, for, from you know, start to finish? These are things that, you know, I always recommend doing to make sure that you fully are empathizing for your users. Um, and there's a, a few other ways that I, I'd like to think about this. So let's go a little bit further. So in user experience design, the way you look at a problem can make or break your work. Um, a lot of times it's your own, your own biases, assumptions, backgrounds, desires, and experience that can work against the users. So you need to make sure that you're not designing a product for you, but you're designing a product for everyone. So it's important to know yourself. And when there's two major things that you need to be aware of about yourself before you can really start understanding your users well. Number one is you want things that don't matter to your users. And number two is you know things that don't matter to your users. Empathy. Want what they want. If there is one word that is oversold in UX at the same time, it is empathy. It's important though. The reason that so many UX designers, UX professionals are talking about empathy is because it's the secret sauce to build a successful product. But here's, here's the thing that you need to think about. You need to do your research, you need to talk to your users, you need to study the data, and really make sure that you're coming from the right perspective. When you truly want to understand a problem, it becomes your problem emotionally. That's empathy. You feel it, and there's a good solution that will excite you. Not because you're an emotional superhero, but because you can relate well to others and other users. So you need to ask yourself, if you choose between a future that for your users or having this design in your portfolio, what will you choose? If users don't like your design, what would you probably be the reason? You know, have you tried the software? Are you just clicking next to get through it? So it's really important to actually go through these common tasks. Um, so moving even one step further, I want to talk about, you know, some the the some tips and tricks on user perspective. So a good design communicates three things. What it is, or what is this? What is the benefit to the user? And what should they do next? So let's start with the first one. What is this? Pretty straightforward, right? What is the purpose? You know, um, is, this, is it an article? Is it a registration form? Is it a place to watch videos? Is it, it, it's really important to be very explicit and direct. So you can tell them. Use simple words. Don't be wordy. Use simple copy. Nobody it gets more excited when you pull out a dictionary 
um, and you try to be you know more complex than needed. So avoid any overblown language and really think about being as direct as possible. The second you need to think is the value. What's in it for me? Why should I stay on this experience? Why should I buy those pair of shoes? Why should I sign up for your lawn service? Why should I sign up for your tutoring service? What value can you give me? So there's a lot of ways people do this. Common ones are you know, a video explaining your product, very common in the startup space, uh, demos, really high quality images. You can you know, use things like free trials. Um, there's free samples, testimonials, uh, social proof. All of these things can greatly improve and help the user answer the question, what's in it for me? Um, and, if, and if you go to any website, like if you like, let's just go to Nike.com. So I'm going to Nike.com, you know, as I'm, as I'm talking to kind of talk through this. So you land on Nike.com and what do you see? First thing that they give you is a value prop, free shipping and 60 day free returns. So as a user, you know that um, the first gut reaction of the page is you see the Nike logo. So quality brand, you know, very iconic. You probably have seen it. The next thing you see is a giant hero image with very high quality photos of their products. So both pants and shoes. And then you have the value prop, the banner across the top to remind you of why you should stay on the, on the site. So as a user asking the question, what's in it for me, becomes very clear. This site is selling high quality shoes with free shipping and I can return it in 60 days if I don't like the shoes. And then if you even scroll further, it gets a little bit more into the details. So I don't even see text until I scroll down a little bit where it says introducing AirShop. So they're actually introducing a new product line and you can actually go through with two simple call to action buttons where you can, I know I want this, you can buy it with the shop call to action, or you can learn more, learn a little bit about the story, understand if it's the right product for you by using the explore button. But the bottom line is this, they do a really good job of conveying what it is and why I should stay. So um, the next question you have to ask yourself, of the, one of the most important elements of having, you know, really strong empathy for your users is thinking about what do I do? So if a user understands what, what it is, you know, why they're motivated, their next action should be pretty obvious if your design is good. So if we go back to the Nike example, you land on the Nike site. As I mentioned, there's two call to actions. The shoes look good. I want to learn more. I'm going to click the explore button to learn more about the product. So typically when you go from that landing page or the home page deeper into the experience, you're making it clear. So a lot of times on an e-com example is that you start from a landing page with multiple products and then you get into an experience that gets into specific product categories. So again, sticking to the Nike example, I want to explore more about this product line and then it breaks that up into men's, women's and kids. Very clear next step. Which subcategory am I interested in as a user? Not a lot of text, simple images, clear images with high quality products to convey the message they are trying to get across. So I click on men's because I'm looking for men's shoes. So getting back to the question of what do I do next? Right now, it's been very clear. There hasn't been any confusion. The next step in the process is very clear. So now we're in the product category page, going from product category to product detail. So we've all shopped online before. Click on men's shoes. Now we're populated with a series of men's shoe options. Users can quickly scroll. The thing that they do really well is it's mostly an image with four lines of text for each product, the product name, 
the product category, so men's shoes, and then how many color options and the price. Very simple, very clean, um, a, a great use of white space to draw the user's eyes to the actual image. So a really, really good example of making sure that your user's not getting lost and they're following the steps of where do I click? How do I register? What is the next step um, in this process? So, you know, finishing the actual process, you click on the product, um, you know, it's a men's shoes. I decide that I pick my size. So again, still no options of where a user could get confused. I select my shoe option and I hit add to cart. So I just went through four clicks, four pages, and the experience was very clear from start to finish. Very few spots where a user could get lost. Very clear call to action buttons. So after you hit add to cart, you can go to the checkout and then the checkout immediately brings you into the checkout funnel. Um, I could do an entire episode on the importance of having a good checkout funnel, but the main takeaway from the checkout funnel is the same of what we've been talking about. Is, is the next step clear? Is it obvious? Is it easy to see? Um, cool. So let's take a look at another one. Um, let's take a look at a more of a service, maybe like a financial services company. Um, let's say you're interested in checking out, I don't know, buying Bitcoin. Trendy. Let's talk about that. So let's say you're interested in buying it and your friend's talking about it to you and you say, hey, I want to buy Bitcoin and you look on a site like Coinbase. So Coinbase is, an, is a, basically an exchange where you can buy cryptocurrency. Even if you're not in the cryptocurrency, stay along for this example. Um, so let's get back to those three questions as a refresher. What is this? So what is this? This is a fairly complicated topic. This isn't selling shoes. So Coinbase, you land on their site very explicitly. This is where you buy and sell cryptocurrency. Coinbase is the easiest place to buy, sell, and manage your cryptocurrency portfolio. So very clear, it's a financial services site where you can buy and sell cryptocurrency. Uh, clean UI, not many options, and then there's one call to action to get started. You put in your email to get started. So let's see if it does the if it answers that first question. What is this? I think it does a pretty good job at this. Clear title, the images are strong. It goes through talking about the top cryptocurrency assets. So it talks about Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin on the main page. It tells you the current price, and it literally has a button where you can immediately buy it. So it kind of gets it gets users very interested very quickly um, on what they're potentially interested in. So um, it does a good job of what is this. The next is what's in it for me. So what's the value prop? Um, well, they have a they have a few things. There's one where it's you can earn up to $130 worth of crypto. So they'll pay you for literally learning about cryptocurrencies and teaching yourself more about this. So there's a call to action button that's called start earning. So they're creating an incentive. You can earn money by learning because they know it's a new space. They know that a lot of people aren't well educated on this topic. So they're they're basically adding value. So really important point of what's in it for me. They're giving you it by literally giving you an option to earn revenue by learning more about the cryptocurrency space. Okay, so we answered what is this? Very clear, an exchange to buy and sell cryptocurrency. Number two, what's in it for me? Pretty straightforward. 
You can earn cryptocurrency or at least learn from it, even if you're not interested in buying it right now. And the last is, what do I do? So what do I do? Obviously, super important for any website or any digital experience is to actually take action. So their call to action is to put your email address and get started, or you can also click um, one of the buy buttons. But the most common common button is actually a registration form. So get started. Very clear green button to start, you know, you can put in your first name, last name, email, password, and the state that you live in, and you can create an account. So that is the primary goal of what you should do next. If you're interested, so you got sold on, you found what you're looking for, it adds value, and now it's actually to take actions. How do I register? How do I create an account? And how do I get started to use the services of, of the product? So Nike and Coinbase, two very different verticals or industries. You have an e-com example, you have a financial services example, both do a really good job of answering the three, uh, three things that all good uh, web experiences should have. They answer the questions of what is this? What is the benefit for me as a user? And what should they do next? So yeah, those are three, three really good examples. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. This is a, a little bit of a, a quicker episode but I really would like to give these kind of bite-sized pieces of content that are very actionable. So I'm going to start using more examples to highlight some of the themes I'm getting across. So what I'd recommend is go to any website, any one of your favorite websites, you know, ask the three questions of what is this? What is the benefit for you as a user? And what should you do next? If all three of these should be easily answered and super clear. And if they're not, go back to the drawing board go back to figuring out how you can have more empathy as a user and figuring out a way to make the experience better. That's also something that I've talked about before is that's a great way to build up skills is to do redesigns. So pick your favorite site, do a redesign, mock it up in sketch and see if um, you can get some feedback from your peers to see if it is a better experience than what's currently exists. So today we talked about the, uh, the importance of UX and empathy. And we talked about the three most important questions to ask when designing a good website. I've said it a few times, but just one more time for those of you that weren't listening. Come on, you guys are all listening. Let's be real. A good design communicates three things. What is this? What is the benefit to you and your user? And what should you do next? So thank you guys again for tuning in for another episode of Design Huddle. Brendan and I have some awesome interviews coming up. Please make sure you subscribe, share this episode with one of your friends. Thank you, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in, and please feel free to share this episode.